many dynamics in the kingdom of God can be boiled all the way down to simply speaking. I want you to think about that. I'm going to say it again. I've got to say it fast, but I'm going to say it again. Many dynamics in the kingdom of God can be boiled down to simply speaking. In this kingdom, we realize that the created universe was the result, not of God's activity, not of God's hands. The created universe was the result of God speaking. He built this world out of his mouth. Words are important to God. He created everything that is by speaking. And that's the most significant thing he did in the Old Testament. He created the world. And then... The most significant thing God did in the New Testament was he redeemed us. He forgave us by sacrificing a person who is called in the book of John, the word made flesh. So the most significant thing God did in the Old Testament had to do with word. Most significant God thing or thing God did in the New Testament had to do with a word. Words are important to God. And Genesis tells us that the thinking, speaking God created man in his own image and taught him how to talk. Can you imagine? You ever thought about who taught Adam how to talk? Who's, who did Adam learn words from? He learned them from God. And Adam received from God naming rights over all of the earth. Why is an elephant called an elephant and not an elephant? It's because Adam named it using words. So this concept of speaking things, it's important to God the Father. It was important for Adam, the first man. It was important for Jesus. It was important for your salvation. And also it's important in your everyday life. In this kingdom, nothing moves until you speak. When a situation in your life is paralyzed, the kingdom answer to it is to open your mouth and speak to that thing. And whatever you don't speak to, you won't be able to change. For all of you married couples that get mad and like to give each other the silent treatment. Sit there and look at me like you ain't never given the silent treatment. It's all right. It's never going to work. Because when there are issues, if you do not speak to it, you cannot bring change. Now, this is counterintuitive to the systems and the culture of this world. In the systems and culture of this world, when something's wrong, people say, something needs to be done. But in the kingdom of God, something needs to be said, because what you do not speak to will not change. We see an example of this with Ezekiel, the prophet, when he's standing in the middle of a valley full of dead and dry bones. And when you look at what's the strategy to get all of these bones together, the bones in the text represented the nation of Israel that was scattered abroad. And what does God say to Ezekiel? He doesn't tell him to go over and put all the bones in order with his hands and with his mind and with his feet and using his body and his energy to do it. He tells him to stand back and prophesy or speak to the bones. And then he tells him, to speak to the wind and speak to the flesh and the sinew. And he begins to put the nation back together, not by government, not by a brilliant leader. He puts the nation back together by speaking the right words to it. You would be amazed at what you could put back together in your life by speaking the right words to it. The disciples were simply amazed walking with Jesus in Matthew 21, 21, because they saw him walk by a fig tree, inspect it for figs, noticing that it had none. Jesus steps back and he curses the fig tree. The next day they saw that the fig tree had completely withered. When they were amazed and began questioning him about that, he said, not only do I have that power, but you have that power too. If he said, if you have faith in your heart and you do not doubt, you can speak to this mountain. 
and it will be removed for you. That's not the words of a philosopher. That is the words of Jesus revealing a kingdom dynamic that many Christians are ignorant to. That there is power when you have faith in your heart, born from the word of God. When you, It's not just about popping off and saying stuff. It's when you have faith in your heart and do not doubt because your heart is full of the words that God has said. You then take that faith and those words that God has said and you put them in your mouth and you begin to aim them at what's in your life that's not moving. That's when you have the power to move mountains with your speech. Amen. Over and over throughout scripture, God reveals that when you align your believing and your speaking, I'm going to say that again, when you align your believing and your speaking, you can create movement in your world. Something in your world is paralyzed, don't cry about it. When something in your world is paralyzed, don't pout about it. When something in your world is paralyzed, don't give up on it. When something in your world is paralyzed, find a word from God. Believe it in your heart and then confess it with your mouth. Speak to the thing. Basically, the scripture from cover to cover, Genesis to Revelations, is trying to teach us over and over and over again that words matter. And many of us have dealt with the pain and dysfunction from negative words that have been spoken over us. If you're a parent, be careful because when you open your mouth, you're either speaking blessing or you're speaking cursing. If you're a spouse, you better be careful because every time you open up your mouth toward your spouse, you're either being a blessing or you're being a curse. And a lot of people have lived out years of their adulthood trying to recover from the wounds and injuries that were spoken over them in their childhood. But the longer that you live, you realize that, yes, words are important. But the most important words you will ever hear are not the words you will hear from other people. The most important words you will ever hear are the words you hear you say to yourself. That's why even if you don't have any good people around you to say any good words to you, sometimes you have to just drag yourself to the mirror and look yourself in the eye and speak some good words over yourself. Sometimes you have to untie yourself out of the knots that people tried to put on you. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself. Sometimes you have to speak to your own body and speak to your own issues and speak to your own finances. And Sometimes you have to speak to yourself and fill yourself up with with good words. In other words, you have to open your mouth wide and make a mighty decree. You got to speak it. You got to say something. It reminds me of the woman with the issue of blood. The scripture said that she got stuck. She got paralyzed in a flow for 12 long years and she spent everything she had on physicians and instead of getting better she grew worse because of it but I love the story because in the process of time after losing everything she had she also lost her friends she also lost her relatives she was all by herself with an issue and somebody in here you walked in here today and you are all by yourself with an issue that is paralyzed and refuses to move but in the absence of any encouragement around her in the absence of any inspiration around her. The scripture says she began to say to herself, if I can but touch the hem of the garment of Jesus, I know I shall be made whole. What was she doing, do you ask? She was opening her own mouth wide and making a mighty decree. And she filled herself up with so much strength that even though she had been bleeding for 12 years and lost her energy, the word she said gave her energy. Even though she had lost her courage, the word gave her courage. Even though she had lost her motivation, the words gave her motivation. She used that motivation to press through a crowd, eventually to the point where she had to crawl and she she reached out and took hold of the thing that she had said to herself over and over again. And you can do it too. It's time to put the lip back in your mouth and stop pouting. It's time to stand up and stop slouching. It's time to realize you have power in your mouth when you make a mighty decree. Give God praise in the house. So today... To those of you that got something that's not moving, I came with a simple instruction. 
Remember our faith is a speaking faith. Remember how you got saved. Roman 10 said you got to believe in your heart, but then you got to confess with your mouth. You had to get your mouth involved in your salvation, and you're going to have to get your mouth involved in your deliverance. You're going to have to get your mouth involved in your healing. You're going to have to get your mouth involved in your marriage. You're going to have to get your mouth involved with your children. You're going to have to look at that thing that is not moving in your life and stand up in faith, open your mouth wide, and make a mighty decree. The words that you say, so shall it be. Our faith is a speaking faith. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourself in psalms, hymns, and spiritual psalms. Clap your hands, all you people, and, 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 and shout unto God. It's a speaking faith. It's a voice-activated faith. Ah, you still don't hear me. You still don't hear me. The enemy, oh, I feel like preaching. The enemy loves your silence. The enemy has taken many of you through seasons of paralysis because he wants to take your voice from you. The enemy has sent you so many crazy situations back to back and so many crazy people, glory to God, back to back because he is trying to wear out your voice. He's trying to make you think that it doesn't matter when you come to church if you're quiet or if you say amen. He's trying to put you in a, a spot of complacency to where your voice becomes just as paralyzed as your situation. But I tell you what, if you still got a working voice, everything else in your life may be paralyzed. Everything else in your life may not be moving. But if you still got a voice, oh, hallelujah. I said, if you still got a voice, oh, yeah. Speak to it. Speak to it. Ah, speak to it. Stop running from it. Stop denying it. Stop trying to hide it. Stop trying to make sure it isn't there and speak to it. In our text, we must understand that the centurion who comes to Jesus was a Roman. The Roman Empire had dominion and authority over the nation of Israel at the time. The Roman military was world-renowned and even still studied today because of their effectiveness and their tactics. The people who write about them will tell you one of the reasons for their dominance from a military standpoint was every soldier, no matter the rank, had a deep and intimate understanding of authority structures, power structures, and dominion. It was by understanding authority that they were able to be effective and conquer most of the known world during their day. And when you are something, you tend to recognize it in other people. I'm going to let you think about that for a minute. When you are something, you, you can tend to spot it real easy, you know? A good businessman will be able to spot another good businessman, you know? A homewrecker. Can usually pick out all the other homewreckers in the room, you know? Because you usually recognize what you are. So verse 5 and 6 are amazing because when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him. Now normally when Roman centurion, centurion means he was over a hundred other soldiers. When a Roman comes up to a Jew during these times, it's usually to ask for papers, demand taxes, enforce the law, 
Romans never came to Jews bowing and asking. They came in authority and in dominion telling them what they were going to do. So verse 5 just is amazing. When, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, that's amazing in and of itself that a Roman centurion is coming and calling him. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. I want you to think these two things about those two verses. A man who has authority, this, this Roman centurion, wherever he goes in Israel, he is a living embodiment and a representation of the Roman government and of Caesar. So there's not a Jew he runs into, including Jesus, that he doesn't have authority and dominion over, at least from the society standpoint. You understand what I'm saying? And yet, this man knows so much about authority. He knows about his own authority. He knows about the authority of Rome. He knows about the lack of authority of Israel and the Jews. And yet, because you usually recognize what you are, he notices something about Jesus and he realizes, I've got all this authority and Rome has all this authority and all this authority can't do nothing for the paralyzed problem in my house. And so he sees Jesus and he says, even though I'm a man of authority and even though I'm from an empire of authority, I recognize that your authority is greater. Not only is your authority greater than mine, but your authority is greater than the sickness that is causing my servant to be paralyzed. So even though I have dominion and I have authority, I'm coming to you and bowing down and asking you for help because I recognize you are greater you have greater dominion and greater authority. And it just yields a point that you need to know. Whatever is causing the paralysis in your life, Jesus' authority is greater. Whatever is causing you not to be able to move in a specific area or situation, Jesus' authority is greater. And you never step into these kind of powerful moves of God without first recognizing you don't have a mountain that Jesus can't move. You don't don't have a sickness that Jesus can't heal. You don't have a relational problem that Jesus cannot mend. You don't have anything that's greater than his authority. And so, and so he notices the authority of Jesus. And I want you to consider this soldier's a pagan. He's never He's never read Moses, doesn't know nothing about the Ten Commandments. He has never read David's writing or Isaiah's writing. He knows nothing. He's never sat there for a message from Jesus and learned about the kingdom of God. All he knows about Jesus is he has all authority. And just believing that he has all authority was enough to grant him license for this miracle from God. Look at verses 8 through 10. He's the centurion, because Jesus has said, yeah, your servant's paralyzed in your house. I'll come to your house and I'll heal him. And, and the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Quick point. God does give miracles to people who really don't deserve them. Everybody over here deserves their miracle. So I'll try this. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be morally 100%. You don't have to be all cleaned up and primed up and primed up. You don't have to deserve it. The man admitted, Jesus, I got some crazy stuff in my house. And, and truth is, I don't deserve someone as holy as you to step foot under my roof. Everybody say, under my roof. I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. I like that. But just say the word. Just say the word. Oh, hallelujah. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. Then he explains to Jesus how he knows this. For I myself am a man under authority. Now, he's already recognized, Jesus, your authority is greater. But he said, 
just on a lower level, here's how my authority works. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. Because whatever is under my authority has to obey me. I tell my servant, do this, and he does it. And what he is revealing is that he's saying, Jesus, I come from Roman culture. And in Roman culture, when someone who has authority makes a decree, they don't have to be in the room for the decree to be enforced. If they make a decree, it becomes law throughout the land because their authority and dominion enforces the decree. In other words, he's saying, Jesus, I know because you have authority over sickness. I know because you have all power over any disease or malady. You don't have to come to my physical location to help me. You can stand right where you are in this location and make something start moving in another location and that's the power that has been made available to us when we come to church you can be in here in this location but something start moving at your house in another location you can be in here in this location and something start moving on your job in another location you can be in here in this location and your children that live in another state start moving in another location because the authority of the word knows no limitation Hallelujah. Give God a healthy amen right there. And so, verse 13, Jesus said to the centurion, go. Let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant that was paralyzed, his servant that was not moving, his servant was healed at that very moment. Now I'm almost done because I want you to get a good spot in the line for Mother's Day lunch. But before we do, we're going to make some decrees. We're going to open our mouths and send the word to some situations that have not been moving. Just get your spirit ready for that. Just get your spirit ready for that. But, but I, 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 before we do, I, I can't help but think about how fortunate the centurion's servant was. Because if you were going to get sick of the palsy and become paralyzed, if that was in your bloodline anyway, this man could have got sick and paralyzed in anybody's house. Trouble's going to come to all of us. But you know, it makes a big difference whose house you're in when the trouble comes. Oh, I said trouble's going to come to all of us, but, but it makes a big difference what roof you're under when the trouble comes. Trouble's going to come to all of us, but it makes a big difference who you're connected to when the trouble comes. And, and, and the man happened to be paralyzed, and that's bad. But what's good about the situation is he's paralyzed under the roof of somebody that understands authority. And he's paralyzed under the roof of somebody that understands honor. And he's paralyzed under the roof of somebody that knows how to get in touch with Jesus. Since you're going to have trouble anyway, better to live your life connected to some people that know how to get in touch. And if that's true then that means everybody you're connected to is blessed this morning because you're sitting in the house of God. You have just become the centurion in someone's life in your circle. They may not be in this location, but they're going to experience movement today because they were connected to the right one. Oh, hallelujah. All right, number one, number one. I, I want to give you this. I want to give you this. The servant was healed. Firstly, the servant was healed because God allowed him to have the trouble while he was in an appointed place. 
God is so faithful and so merciful. He doesn't remove all trouble from our lives, but he'll, he'll make it to where when we go through it, we go through it in an appointed place. So number of the first decree, look, I'm going to make some of these. It, it, not all five are going to be for everybody, but if I hit one that hits you, you might stand up and make it with me. And if you don't stand up on any of them, well, I can't help you today. Open your mouth wide. Make a mighty decree. Decree number one. Everything in my life is moving to its appointed place. The word of the Lord's going through my life and taking stuff that's not in the right spot and is taking it by the hand and moving it over to its appointed place. The word of the Lord is going to my children and he's taking them by the hand. They ain't on, they ain't on the right road now, but he's, he's leading them to an appointed place. My career is moving to the uh, appointed place. You can't just shout over it. If you want it, you got to say. Everything in my life is moving to its appointed. By the way, all these just come right out of the text, okay? We're not just saying stuff. Number two, everyone under my roof Everyone under my roof is moving toward blessing. Be blessed whether you want to be or not. If you're under my roof, do you hear me? I said if you're under my roof, do you hear me? I said if they're under your roof, they're moving. If they're in your bloodline, they are moving. If they got your last name, they are moving toward blessing. I don't know what they're moving in right now, but after today, everything in your life, everyone you're connected to, those children that have been paralyzed, those siblings that have been paralyzed, those loved ones that have been paralyzed, today we send the word in the name of Jesus. You gotta start to move. Oh, I can't do it by myself. I can't make decrees by myself. Don't shout, say something, say something, call their name. You're moving towards blessing. Johnny, you're moving towards blessing. Tommy, you're moving towards blessing. You're moving towards You've got a 10-second praise right there for all the people that aren't in this room that are starting to feel something on the inside. For all the people, the loved ones, the siblings, the children, the parents that are starting to feel something crank on the inside because of the word made in a decree. Number three, everything that I need is already moving in my direction. This is an important one because some of you have had some stuff that you need that's been stuck and paralyzed for a long time. You, you got to understand, here, here's how this point comes out of the text. The, it was the centurion's servant, the one that was in charge of keeping the household together keeping the dishes done and the yard done and keeping all the kids going to school and keeping all of the, the affairs of the house in order while he was on the battlefield. So you got to understand, when you got a paralyzed servant at home, none of the stuff that you need to keep the house going is able to function. So this man has paralysis in his home and in major areas of his need, because of this malady with the servant. But what he didn't know is when he approached Jesus, 
everything that he needed was about to start moving in his direction. What you need, I refuse to believe you're here on accident this morning. I refuse to believe you're just here because some random person invited you. I believe you were here because God wanted this word spoken into your life and then wanted you to open your mouth and repeat it. Everything that you need is already moving in your direction. Give God praise for that right now. I like this one. I like number four. Let's look at number four. Everything that needs to go. Y'all ain't making these with me. I don't know what you're doing. It ain't time to take notes. Time to say something. Everything that needs to go is going. Everything that needs to come is cut. God's making it all move. Oh, I got to hurry. Listen, 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 listen. When you get connected to the wrong people, listen, the enemy likes to, to press pause on your life and keep you stuck there. Because he's afraid if you keep moving that you'll realize, you know what, this ain't for me and break the connection. So he likes to send as much warfare, trouble, turmoil, depression, pain, and struggle as he can when you're connected to the wrong person so that you'll stay stuck and not move. And if you're just stuck, you may not be realizing how the person is draining you of your faith draining you of your integrity and your morality, draining you of your, of your focus and your attention, draining you. The enemy assigns certain people to your life to be a drain. And, and so through the drain and through the negative attachment, it keeps you from running the race and it brings you to a still, quiet position of immobility, not being able to move. But the word of the Lord to you today, and this may be a hard word because some of you may not like what I'm about to say because you may have fallen in love with a negative attachment. But nevertheless, the word of the Lord for you is everything and everyone that needs to go is going. And everything and everyone that needs to come Lift up your hands and shout, go from me, go from me, go from me. Now lift up your hands and shout, come to me, come to me, come to me. And just say, God, you straighten out which is which. God, you assign which is which. God, you decide which is which. I don't want nothing that ain't like you. I don't want nothing you didn't ordain for me. I don't want nothing you didn't set up for me. I'm sick of being paralyzed. I'm sick of being stuck. I'm sick of not moving. I'm sick of being in this place where there's no mobility. I'm going to rise up. I'm going to move. I'm going to do something. I'm going to stand on the word. I'm going to make a mighty decree. Give him praise in the house. Number five. I feel the Holy Ghost. Every paralyzed thing in my life is beginning to move. Now see, I overheard some of you saying that with me and you're not obeying the scripture because you said that like this every paralyzed thing in my life is beginning to that's not what the scripture says psalm 81 10 open your mouth wide make a mighty decree we're gonna say it one more time every paralyzed thing in my life is beginning to move now in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes! Move in Jesus' name. Move on our children. 
move on our family members, move on our money, move on our health, move on our kidneys, liver, lungs, hearts, ears, minds, move in this house, move Holy Spirit, move Spirit of Jesus Christ, move. Oh, I dare you to praise him right where you are. I can feel something starting to move, 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 move. Things are getting ready to move. Move, move, move. I dare you to move right where you are. Move some kind of way. Walk forward, walk backward, walk side to side. Stand up on your chair. Clap your hands. Do something. Move. I need 10 people to start walking around the church and moving. I need the devil to see an outward sign that we understand there's power in the word. There's power when we shout. There's power when we lift up a mighty, a mighty. Mountain of debt begin to move. Mountain of lack begin to move. Mountain of sickness begin to move. Mountain of addiction begin to move. Mountain of poverty begin to move. Oh yes! unsaved family member I got we send the word for you to move toward God move toward conviction move toward repentance move toward salvation move every sickness that's in this building right now by the authority of the name of Jesus and the word of Jesus and the blood of Jesus we command you to move I speak health to your body health to your body from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet I speak health to your body every mental health condition every condition of depression anxiety low self-esteem bipolar disorder whatever it is we speak to you in the name of Jesus and we command you to move Oh yes! Move! 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 In the name of Jesus Christ, I speak to those things that aren't moving. I speak to that difficulty. I speak to that struggle. I speak to that thing on your heart. I speak to that thing trying to break you down. And in the name of Jesus, by the anointing and the authority of the word of God, I command it right now to move in Jesus' name. Move. 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 I wish I could get somebody to work with me. I wish I could get somebody to understand how much power is in this. Move, move. Everything blocking my finances, you got to move. Everything blocking the sale of my business, you got to move. Everything blocking me from the contract, you got to move. Every legal thing trying to hold me up, tie me up, and make me unable to move, you got to. you start talking to yourself about the things you want to see move about the things you want God to move for you if a Roman pagan centurion can get Jesus to send his word to his situation you can get Jesus to send his word to yours right now
Holy Spirit, it's on you now. I've preached your word. Minister to your people. Go up and down the aisles. Begin to speak to them. Begin to deal with them. Begin to touch them. Begin to move on them. Lord, you see every place we're stuck. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, you do. You see every place that we're broken and vulnerable. You see every spot in our life that has not been moving. So with the power that illuminates the soul, that is also the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. Every person standing or sitting in this room, Holy Spirit, we invite you in. To every person watching online or listening to this in the future, Holy Spirit, we invite you in. Oh yes, oh yes. Let him minister to you, honey. Let him minister to you. He is my faithful Father calling me out of the dark. And night cannot whisper away what he said in the light. Come on, lift your hands and worship him. My Storms may If you know this little song, would you sing it with us?
my brother in the polo shirt with a nice cross around his neck and the person standing next to y'all all come please come on sing that Jesus defeated
One more time. One more time. Hands up. When listen to the sound of power. Who are you? Give the Lord a great hand praise. All right, stand to your feet. I pray the blessing of the Lord God over you. I pray the strength of God over you. I pray that you'll always carry with you the knowledge and concept of what happens when you open your mouth wide and make a mighty, a mighty decree.